Hello and welcome to the Poetry Pause, a podcast on poems brought to you from a cowshed in West Wales. We are quite crazy for poetry, and each podcast we discuss and examine a poem one of us loves, then attempt to write a response to the poem. You're most welcome to join in with these attempts too and send them over to us on our Facebook page. We are Jean, the Venerable Riley. Please say hello, Jean. Hello. And Emma Nailit Baines. Please say hello, Emma. Hello. And I'm Philippa Nuts and Bolts Davis. And in this episode, I am in the hot seat, the chair decision, and I've chosen a Billy Collins poem to look at and to be inspired by. Introduction to Poetry, Billy Collins. I ask them to take a poem and hold it up to the light like a colour slide or press an ear against its hive. I say drop a mouse into a poem and watch him probe his way out or walk inside the poem's room and feel the walls for a light switch. I want them to water ski across the surface of a poem waving at the author's name on the shore. But all they want to do is tie the poem to a chair with rope and torture a confession out of it. They begin beating it with a hose to find out what it really means. Okay, so, Emma, what do you reckon? Love this poem. It really challenges us in, in a way that is quite unconventional. And I enjoy how... It kind of turns our idea of what poetry is or the stereotype of what poetry is on its head a little bit. It makes us think of why why should we spend hours wrangling over a poem? Why should it be difficult? Uh, why should it be elitist? It's It just gives you a little moment to take the poem for it to be yours and uh, to move on with your life Mm, mm, (laughs) mm. so what do you think Jean yes I think in this poem he berates poetry establishment for over analysis and he encourages his students I think or all of us to have fun to look askew at a poem look behind it to be totally unafraid of the poet's intention which I think is Excellent. <laughs> yeah, and it's there's a lot of whimsy and playfulness, but seriousness in it too. Yeah, so when he talks to they, who is he talking to? Does it matter if we know who he's talking to? I don't think it matters, but I personally feel he's speaking to me or he's speaking to you. Um, he's speaking as though it's your poem. A poem is just for you in that time when it reaches you. Mm, mm. Mm, yes, I agree with that. Right. Yes. Okay. How typical is this of a Billy Collins poem, do you think? Yes, I, I think it's quite typical, isn't it, that he'll start with something to draw you right into the intimate. He's got you there. And then he just takes you on this lovely flight of fancy. So he takes you on a journey um, to something much more surreal and deep. Mm. So there's a lightness, but there's depth which yes. I love about his work. Yeah. And not everyone has seen that depth sometimes. I think because there's humour in it. Mm, mm. And um, I think people can be suspicious of people who write funny poems, mm. but the depth is there. Mm, mm. Why did you choose it, Pippa? Well, I chose it because 
I'm an enthusiastic newbie to poetry and a couple of people recommended Billy Collins, including Eugene. And when I read it, I just thought, oh my goodness, I could write this. <laughs> this is in everyday language and it's about everyday things. But of course, when I examined his poems a little more closely, I did see that they go on this kind of journey that you describe, that they start out with, this is a fairly mundane experience or this is a little insight into something I'm doing now, folks. And then they become something else. And I love Billy Collins's whole persona, this kind of avuncular James Stewart type character, you know, or Tom Hanks would play him in the movie, Billy Collins, Um, uh, sort of enjoying life, but having a a spiky side as well Mm. and having a great warmth and humanity and he's a, I think he's a stage performer as much as he is a poet. Yeah. Yes, I, I did see him at Albrough. That was the first time I'd heard him and seen him, and I was utterly charmed by him. And he's been described as accessible, but he prefers to be referred to as hospitable. And I think it suits. He's very companionable, makes you smile. You'd easily say hello to him passing in the corridor. And uh, I think his poems are intimate, tender, draw you in, as I say, take you to surprising places. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I think his story is interesting. And he was a professor of English, wasn't he? And he's the sort of person I would love to have studied under as a professor of English. You think he would be challenging, but also caring and warm. And he became well-known through Garrison Keillor, who is, of course, a very famous American broadcaster, Mm. um, you know, liking his work and championing it on his radio show. So that brought Billy Collins to prominence, I think. Mm. He interpreted the role of being America's poet laureate very much to be about making poetry accessible. So he got poems on the tube, poems on airlines. Yeah, and his work is is used in the curriculum, isn't it, in schools? So yes, um, that's good news, I think. Yeah, yes. He's written poems on Twitter, hasn't he? And he describes Bugs Bunny as his muse, which <laughs> sounds very throwaway. But uh, if we imagine these are the things that everybody sees and. I think that's quite important you know if you want poetry to be relevant to people you have to meet those people halfway you have to to go out there and bring poetry to them they're not poetry they're not going to come to poetry yeah and that's that's obviously how billy sees himself mm. it is interesting because he also talks about his persona as a poet yeah which in these days where everyone's kind of championing being authentic, to have somebody being open and honest enough to say, well, actually, I write in a persona mm-hmm. and my persona finishes in 1958. Yeah. I guess I don't write poems about turning on the computer or what I saw on Instagram this morning. I write as a bloke on a porch, uh, having a drink and sort of thinking about life's inner meanings. Yeah. Um, I like that. I think that is, I think that's a ref- refreshing and I think it's kind of honest about how often poets become popular and successful yeah I mean what could be more authentic than kind of shining a light on the on the truth of the situation that you know he has a persona to 
make his poetry more saleable in some ways. Mm, mm. Making it playful mm, mm. and yeah. accessible, isn't it? Mm, mm. And he, he, he talks about the fact that he likes to open his poems with a kind of welcome mat. Yeah, come you know, on in. That's right. So, mm. And his poems have a kind of immediacy. They're not about what he remembers much from 20, 30 years ago. They're not a lot preoccupied with memory. They're yeah. about what's what's kind of happening now really mm-hmm. and and him hoping i suppose that what's happening now strikes a chord with the, the people that he's uh that are listening to his poems or reading his poems yeah so this idea of the welcome mat uh, you know it's almost what people do in marketing yes and uh, which of course mm-hmm. is such a big theme in american culture mm-hmm. how do you yeah. it's the hook how do you get people their attention, their interest, their desire and attention. Mm. And Billy, I think, has really cracked this. And I don't think necessarily is a bad thing to have cracked it. No, do you think? it brings his wonderful poetry to us. And yes, I think he has a, he's comfortable, very mm. comfortable with an audience and makes it very intimate, mm. I think, yeah. Are there any other poets he reminds you of or are there any particular poems of his you like? I enjoyed the lanyard. I th- I thought it it took me on a whole journey that, as we've been talking about, you think it's about one thing, and then as the poem goes on, it's about something else, and without realizing it, you've been drawn in, and you've felt different emotions, and at the same time, it's not difficult at all. He the whole poem's about his. Um, experience as a child making his mum a lanyard at school camp. I had never seen anyone use a lanyard or wear one if that's what you did with them, but that did not keep me from crossing strand over strand again and again until I had made a boxy red and white lanyard for my mother. She gave me life and milk from her breasts and I gave her a lanyard. <laughs> to me, nothing up, nothing sums up more the relationship you have with your mother, how they dote on you, and every action that the child does is special, even if it means nothing to them. And so, um, and, and just in your eye line, Emma Jean, is another version of a lanyard. Do you see that wonderful flower pot that Amazing. has got feathers and marbles stuck on it? That's a lanyard that one of my boys gave me. How long ago would that have been? Oh, gosh, about 15 years. There it is, looking as fresh as ever. It's moved several times. <laughs> I can't bring myself to throw it out. Oh, no. What do you think, Jean? Have you got a favourite poem? The poem, I suppose, that I remember most is the one that I've used in poetry workshops, which is a very long, meandering poem that is really an illustration of how how to write a poem and how not to write a poem. He brings in examples of that. And still using those surprising images that he has and leading you through to what is a a poem and what isn't a poem. Mm. And that's one of my favourites. What's that called, that poem? It's called Workshop, which is similar to the one that you brought. But that's more how to write a poem, whereas yours is how to look at a poem, how to respond to a poem. The fact that he's written a poem called 
I chop some parsley while listening to Art Blakely's version of Three Blind Mice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's probably what upsets them, really, because yeah. it's so sort of domestic. Yeah. But it's... Uh, that's what we can identify with. Yes. There's the welcome mat. Come on in yes. and have a look. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could it could be me. It could be you doing it. It's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. yes. I think that poets who bring warmth can wrongly be described as lightweight. Mm. But I think that's a mistake. Mm. If there's warmth in the poet and it spills on the page, it doesn't deny its weight or value. Mm-hmm. Shall we? Give our offerings to Billy now. Absolutely. <laughs> Who'd like to kick off? Who'd like to go first? Shall I? Yes, go on. Um, the lanyard appears in this one, and I've taken um, a line from his poem that you brought, um, waving at the author's name. So it's you who walks ashore, fishes words from retreating lines, You that leaves your signature as I wonder from the seawall which of us are poets and which are still aspiring. So you want my hello as I pass, my tears each time at the lanyard. My please will you sign this extra copy for my friend, her name's Miriam. No questions asked of meaning. I was out here last night at the top of the shingle, heard at each wave, each pebble move east, then settle. If this was yours... You'd hold one up. Tell me it's amber, resin from pine woods, the Baltic, that it cradles an ant, that it rolled over centuries into a poem, washed to your feet from the cold North Sea. Mm. Oh, that's very good. Is that based on uh, real life? The real life is that shingle. I. I guess yeah. I've been on that shingle in Alborough quite a lot, and that's where I saw Billy Collins. Mm. Um, and it's just my latest interest in geology that suddenly the stone became an amber. Mm. I don't know. I didn't plan it. Mm. I just started writing. Mm. Um it's really good. It really mm. kind of captures a moment, doesn't it? It's yeah. something to, about uh, the poem that you brought, uh, encouraging poets or readers to look at things differently. Yeah. To to go to skirt what was it? Skate over something. Yeah. Oh. yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. Um, it was that that I was trying to sort of uh, bring yeah, yeah. bring to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, you did definitely. Em, didn't you have a go? Yes. Okay. A child lifts a loose block of flooring, unearths a page of poetry written in an ancient hand. It bends time along an edge curl, turns a corner as ripples in old windows extract colour from light. Her eyes read an instinct, a language daubs its blot on her spectrum, dips in cursive loops beyond the straight lines. It bleeds deep into hairy fibres and she drinks it from her hands. She rolls in the wave of its dog ears until zigzags distract. Her horizon hardens to a surface. She grows to be felled as burnished trees furnish the ground space, flatten to an oaky grain. Her fingers must carve their own seat in time, push sawdust in the gaps root herringbone to home. Her childish hands flip to claw, 
flick the papery skin curse scrunched at her chest. She propels like a tremor through life's rock into core, shakes the pattern repeat that creeps up the walls, ringing old servant bells hung dormant in mortar. Their brass coils like ivy to yellow the dust. It falls through the cracks where old hands hollow. She rests in the crook of her block worked free, in the shroud of a poem raised from the ground. That is so beautiful. Yes. Mysterious. Yes. Yes, really amazing. And But also about texture and substance in the way mm. that Jean's was. There is... There's there's something r- really sort of tangible about Billy Collins mm. and how he inspires yeah. us. What mm. inspired you to write that? Um, I think the idea of starting with something very simple, a simple action, and moving through so it becomes about something else and something bigger. And Billy Collins said that his poem was his poems in general were most inspired by Coleridge's conversation poems, the kind of attempt to speak to everybody and to look at the universal. And I thought it was quite ironic. Nobody thinks of Coleridge's work as particularly populist in the way... Or accessible. Yeah, in the way that Billy Collins's are. It's taken quite seriously. So I was kind of working on that tightrope, really, and and looking at that idea. Because Coleridge, when he was writing... And with Wordsworth, they were trying to bring it up to date, weren't they? Use modern mm-hmm. language yeah. so that it was more accessible. But to us, it doesn't necessarily sound that. Yeah. No. So I've written a response. Uh, would you like to hear it? Yes, please. OK, here we go then. So this is called Wannabe Writer. Please welcome my student writer and show them your podium to dazzling light and applause like a reality show winner. Please hug my student writer as they labour long into night. Give them cuddles and cocoa for their courage to reveal. Please shine a torch for this writer as they tiptoe a darkening library with magic dust for young, old and lonely, words to transport, uplift and sing. Please present a throne for our writer as they enter a bookshop to read aloud, to tell stories like loving parent. This is me, I get you, we connect. But no, you'll view their Instagram followers. Would you want to? Are they old? Are they fat? Your rush is rejection. Any chance of one here? Forget it, says writer. Middle people are so last year. So, what do you think? It's a wonderful, it's imploring people to be kind. Yes, I love that. Yes, yeah. Well, when I was writing it, I I wanted to write something for my students, my writing students. So, that's what came out. And I wanted to write something a little bit naughty. (laughs) Because I think Billy has got a bit of a sting in in his tongue. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So yeah. that's what that's about, really. <laughs> Comment, Emma. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think we need kindness now more than ever. And it's 
it's um it's kind without being sentimental it's it's um shining a light on how um people can be very unsupportive and how we need people to be more supportive so it's it's gentle but it's unsentimental and i i love it great absolutely thank you good okay so what I love about Billy is he chats about things like the disastrous settings to music mm. that have been done. <laughs> They've all turned out like very bad light opera. Um, <laughs> still let people do it. So, <laughs> so that's great. So we should let him have the last word, shouldn't we? Definitely. If we're summing up last words based on Billy, what has he done for you, Jean? He's made me smile. He's made me see that humour has value and weight. I think that's what he's done. It's made me feel happy reading his poems. Emma? He's made me aware of how great it is to collaborate, how the idea of sitting alone with poetry is not necessarily true and we should share it, which is what I feel like we're doing here. Um, and he's made me look at it in a, in a new way of not taking it so seriously or always feeling like it's torturing me in some way. Great. Okay. Thank you very much. And here's Billy himself talking about poetry. I mean, I started writing, I started figuring out something about writing when I was in my mid thirties or so, or late thirties. No, so I, I dared to be clear. I mean, being clear, <laughs> being clear is the real risk in poetry. I think, I mean, people talk about either they, she writes or he writes very risky poetry. I never really bought that word because you're just sitting there. I don't know what you're risking, but um, but I think the real, if there is a risk, the risk is to be clear because then you're, you're out in the open. They, you know, people, the reader knows what you're doing. Whereas if, if you use obscurity as a kind of camouflage, uh, you, you become kind of unassailable. I mean, you can't be pinned down. So, um, yeah, I wrote, and I started, uh, also I started admitting some of my personality into the poems, which I was repressing. And uh, that personality was someone who was a lot happier than this miserable persona that I had uh, earlier, and also uh, had a sense of humor. Thanks for listening to us, and hopefully catch you again in the next episode.